Hey everybody, it's Will, and welcome to another episode of the Work and Talk podcast. The podcast for tradespeople, by tradespeople. And this week, we are with Cameron Vogelsang, Tennessee electrician, and I think we all wanna know is, why does everybody hate you? But we're gonna get into oh that boy. throughout the podcast. No, but we're really excited to have Cameron here. We're gonna learn his story, see what we can all do, what we can all learn, especially if we're new in the trades or have a goal to become our own owner operator in our own uh, states. So we're very excited to have you here, brother, and how are you? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm running on caffeine heavily right now. <laughs> what time did you wake up this morning? I woke up at 2.30 a.m. Central Time. Central Time. Yeah, my flight left at 6 a.m. from Memphis. Um, so, I, and it, the Memphis airport is about an hour away from where I live. So. Okay, so not only do you have to get there an hour or two before, okay. Sure. And then you have the whole hour drive. Wow, okay, that's exciting, yeah. but you're excited for this weekend? Or what, oh, what's yeah. on your mind? Talk to us. Um, I'm just excited that I got to come out here thanks to your invitation. It was it was uh, sporadic. You said, how, you, would you ask me, how spontaneous are you? <laughs> like two weeks ago, you asked me if I wanted to come. So, uh, but yeah, I'm glad to be here. I, I've, I heard about the event beforehand of, you know, some contractors meeting up or, you know, people, just new guys uh, attending the event and some other guys are going to be there like Rudy and all things electric and so I'm just happy to be here and learn from guys who have been in it longer than me and the camaraderie and everything about it. And that's the beauty I think about the trade. Not a lot of people get to experience because one, before social media, before everything, we are all in our own worlds mm -hmm. and we're all in our own bubbles. Yep. And I feel like that even translated when it came into social media in the beginning. Mm -hmm. in, the, in the beginning, everyone's worried about their own page. Mm -hmm. No one was really collaborating. Even no. till this day, very few are actually <clears throat> collaborating with each right. other. And if there is a collaboration, it's around a big event, you know? Yeah. Like for example, these bigger corporations do a get together mm -hmm. and that's when you get to meet someone. But then when the event ends, everyone just goes back to their you know normal nine to five or back right. to their normal lives. Right. You know, there's no incentive to collaborate outside of sure. that. So no, that's why I think like something like this was was needed because it's to show the focus of what the trades really have to offer mm -hmm. and also where can the trades bring you. 10 years ago, you would never thought, hey, I'm gonna become an electrician so I can go meet these other guys. Sure. No one thinks like that. Right. So the fact that, hey, I can become an electrician. There's a community behind it, but not just that. It's not just the Instagram thing. It's now I can put a face to that right. fit name. Right. I can put a, an experience to that mm -hmm. person or to that event. So you're taking the true value mm -hmm. from what a situation can offer you. So I appreciate you coming by. We want to first give a great shout out to uh, Rudy of Rightwire, who's letting us use his shop to film this uh, podcast he's over here checking us out now <laughs> rudy you want to say a quick hi you just jump in we got a special visitor yeah. special visitor yeah, very special yeah All very special Tennessee. that's right <laughs> thanks for coming again. thank you brother for letting us here yeah but yeah no so that's the beauty about the trades not only and just real quick rudy shout out did you ever think 10 years ago you would become or come into the trades and say hey I'm going to be able to meet all these other contractors. Never, never in a million years that I ever think that 
the internet was going to take us um, to this to this level, where we actually start um, sharing, you know, the tricks of the trade. Because before this whole internet thing, if you wanted to learn from me, you would have to be right besides me, right? Like yep. there wasn't like, you know, even phones were just phones. There was no pictures, no texting. So for sure, um, I never imagined it, honestly. And that's why I'm very excited, like, just to meet with both of you because everyone back home is in their own world. They're in their own nine to five, they're in their own business. This is what the trades have to offer. Not only can you meet with these people through online and through the community, which is in itself, like we talked about, Rudy, it's just not amazing to connect with people. Yeah, yeah. But now we're taking it that next layer in, yeah. that next level up. We're gonna collaborate with yeah. each other on a normal Saturday has nothing for no reason yeah, it's to, just that to chill with each other and talk how you doing what are you, what are you good at what are you bad at yeah what exactly. are you struggling in exactly what do you need help in can I help you can can yeah. you help me you know you never know never been done before so that's what <laughs> the real highlight is thank you brother but that's what I love about this experience because it's it's never been done before so in our in my eyes personally there's no wrong answer. The yeah. fact that we're paving the way, yeah. trying to do things like this, is just truly beautiful. And that's why we want to know your story, brother. Sure. How did you become Cameron? How did you become Tennessee electrician? How did you open up your own shop? Take us through the ride. I opened up my own shed. <laughs> I have a little 12 by 24 shed that I keep uh, one roll of Romex in of each gauge. <laughs> Nothing like this. No. Um, yeah, so. Uh, so I, I can give you a, a short summary. I can give you a long version or somewhere in the middle. I'll try to get somewhere in the middle. Uh, graduated high school, um, Memphis metro area out of Olive Branch, Mississippi. Straight out of high school, I went to college. I went to uh, two years of junior college in Corpus Christi, Texas. My parents actually moved there with my dad's job right before graduation my senior year. So I, I, I stayed and graduated, and then I went down there, did the two years in junior college. I didn't really know what I wanted to do yet. I was just mm. going because that was that's a normal thing to do. Like, because the, the first two years, yep. the first two years you spend just taking like English and math and stuff. So it's like you still have time to figure out what you want to do. But I was just going to go. So I wasn't just sitting around doing nothing. And then I went to Texas A&M Corpus Christi for a year. And then I dropped all that and went to Bible College in uh, Memphis. Did that for four years. So basically started all over. So oh, I spent from the yeah, oh, so wow. I spent three years doing one thing and then I started over and did four years doing something completely different. Okay. I was a youth pastor for three years in Arkansas after I graduated from the Bible College. Well, that was when we had our first daughter um, when, we, when we were in Arkansas. So that happened and we wanted to be closer to uh, my wife's family, my in-laws, and they lived back in Tennessee. And okay. that's where I currently live now. Okay. So we were just like, it's more important to just get back closer to home and I'll figure out the job situation once I get there. So we get there and my brother-in-law told me that uh, there's a local company that he, he worked for, electrical company, that needed okay. help. And I, I never even thought of electrical work ever. I, huh. I wasn't even very experienced with tools. All I've messed with is like a hammer and uh, a screwdriver. Huh. Um, and so basically I was like, there's nothing else for me to try. So I'll at least try it. Okay. And basically the rest is history. I, I learned as much as I could 
uh, three years uh, at this company and it was it, it's a small company it's like three or four of us sometimes five employees but we did mostly custom homes just one after another just you know rough in and you, yep. you you know you do the trim out months down the road so that's all i did was just do that over and over again learn basic wiring uh, yep. how things are run in a house um and then once i figured out that, that like okay this this orange wire goes to a dryer <laughs> yeah i got I figured out all the colors that go to what and how many <laughs> things you can max out on a circuit so then i started figuring out the why like how three ways work you know why are we pulling this size wire to this thing you know how come we're pulling we're, we're pulling a neutral to a dryer but we don't pull a neutral to an ac unit St stuff like that oh, wow. so i started figuring okay. out all, just all the whys and again and i understand it's just it's just residential roughing in stuff but it was there that i learned basic wiring and then i did a lot of um you know i i had i had the drive to learn more about electrical this is something that i could i could see myself doing long term so i started doing a lot of self-study um started watching a lot of dustin stelzer on youtube which yep. a lot of electricians you know love him he has yep. some really good content out there and he's pretty broad in what he has to offer talks theory code yep you know yep. the science tool. behind yeah. it yep. yeah so i think he's over just he's he's really well-rounded in that area i was watching a lot of his stuff and um my work partner currently uh, he had been in it longer than I have, so just asking questions. I was just asking questions, being a sponge, and yeah. that's basically how um, I got to where I am now. I tested for what's called an LLE license in the state of Tennessee, and basically there, there, there's no hours or experience required, but you do have to pass a 40-question exam, yep. all right? And it's open book in the code, the code book, and we're on the 2017. So basically just go in there with a 2017 code book, and calculations, um, flipping through there, figuring out how to navigate, and I passed it the third time. I failed it the first two times. Yep. But I passed it the third time, and in Tennessee, I mean, once you have that LLE license, bare minimum license, um, you can open up shop. I love. It. Yep. I love that. I love that whole intro, and there's things that I want to touch on throughout your journey. Mm -hmm. So when you first jumped into the trades. You jumped in because that was the first opportunity that came up that you mentioned like hey there's not much i can yep. do let's jump into electrical what did your relationship what was your expectations when it came into electrical versus the reality like coming in <clears throat> did you at least say "Ooh, this what what, yep. what were you looking into and then what was an average day like for you yeah so coming in i remember my first day i was sent with uh like i said there's only four of us so i just got sent with the other three or four guys mm -hmm. to a rough end and i walk in there and i just see all these wires going everywhere a whole bunch of yellow wires a <laughs> whole bunch of white ones and my first thought was i don't know how i'm ever going to figure this out there's so many wires going everywhere and i've never seen anything like that before and so it was overwhelming i actually thought about quitting uh, i started on a thursday and i thought about quitting that weekend like going into the weekend I was like, I don't know if I can do Only this. Only two days you gave it? Yeah. Yep. I thought about quitting it. So I remember oh. I was actually very emotional because I'm just like, what am I supposed to do? Like I spent, you know, all my time in college doing this thing that I'm no longer doing anymore. I have like no marketable skills. I don't know. Mm. I don't know what to do. And, um, and we ended up working through it, you know, talking with my wife and her family and basically just came to the conclusion that, you know, there's, there's other options. You don't have to do this, but why not just just give it a little bit longer and yeah. if you don't like it you can quit you know and okay. for some reason i just stuck with it and it wasn't until a couple months later i actually really liked doing it 
Oh, okay. I got a couple there raises within. I got a couple raises within a short amount of time, and I was like, okay, I think I can swing this, and I'm I'm really enjoying messing with tools and stuff. And I grew up just playing sports. I didn't, you know, we, we weren't working with our hands and stuff. That's just not the kind of like environment I was raised in. Mm -hmm. So just messing with tools in general. I mean, that was a whole new experience and world messing That's with that. Cool. So, so, uh, so then now what? You, you asked what I what it was when I first got in the trade and what it is now. Um, man, there's just so much to it. There's so much to learn, and um, I'm still learning. I love that. I love that. That's interesting. So you took a few months to actually start enjoying it. What aspect of the trade made you start to enjoy it? Was it just things started clicking, now you felt more confident? With confidence comes the speed, comes the quality, and then you know just like anything else you get better and better at it or was yeah. there something that triggered you that actually were like wow i'm actually starting to enjoy this yeah so i never had a job that was hands-on like that like manual labor i had other jobs like lifeguarding and yeah. running a t like being a the person at a desk in a tennis shop uh, never had a job where i worked with my hands like that and i guess things could have worked out differently if, if i just happened to get in another trade yeah but uh, it was, I think, working with my hands and just honestly, I felt like I was like doing something manly and providing for my family. And oh, so that's, wow. that, that was really the driving force. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. That's a nice way of putting it because, yeah, that's interesting. I really like that. One thing that I can relate to the most is when I first started electrical, when I was going through my apprenticeship, I was getting chewed out. I was getting chewed out and... I was overwhelmed and there was times where I didn't want to continue and then all of a sudden things started clicking and it was when it was I was able to uh, I started enjoying it when I can st I was able to start seeing things my foreman needed before he asked me to get it mm. like if he's over here screw uh, drilling in concrete blocks to mount a uh, four square box yep. he would use the masonry bit I would already get the anchor ready for him and then he would take yeah. the drill out and then he would be like, oh. ooh. So now what I was able to start seeing what he needed before he even asked for it. Yeah. And then of course, then he gives you that little smile. That's all I needed. And I was like, <laughs> now I know where I'm going. Yeah. So that's interesting. Oh man, I can only imagine coming to your first day of a job site and just seeing a spider web of wires everywhere. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I was fortunate enough, you said you used to get chewed out a lot in oh, the yeah. beginning. And I, I understand that a lot of work environments are like that. and. It's not personal, it's just the environment, it just depends. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough to, uh, like my lead guy and my boss even super nice and there was none of that kind of behavior going on oh, if you wow. mess something up to where you get chewed out basically. And so I think that helped um, me learn better just being around those types of guys and atmosphere. That's good, that's good. I'm very glad that you had to experience that. <laughs> when did you start coming to the point where you had the confidence to go for that LLE? How many years was that before you were like, hmm, you know, things are start click. You don't just go and take an exam for the state. So no. what was what was that oomph that you had to do? Uh, or what was that oomph that triggered you? I don't know if I can nail it down to one thing. There's a few things. One, just wanting to better yourself and your family. Oof. I mean, yeah, that's, and then this that's is a pretty a, big one. <laughs> right. I mean, like you, you, some, sometimes, not every context, but sometimes when you're working for a company, you can only go so far. You know, and that's not a knock to anybody. That's just how it is. So if you mm -hmm. want to do better and if you have business goals, if you want to make more money, um, yeah. sometimes that means making those kinds of leaps and steps in order to do that. Um, uh, something, some other things that 
triggered me was I was getting more more um, I'll just say it side work yeah <laughs> I was getting you know that's I know that's you're not supposed to do that sometimes but I was getting more more side work and uh, I under I understood how, how to wire a house from beginning to end without yep. any help that really the only thing I needed help on was pricing jobs because I wasn't involved in that um, but you know that didn't really take too long to figure out that part but once I realized like hey like I know what's needed for this job. I can go get the material. I can do this by myself as far as leading the job. Yep. Once I could do that, it was basically the only difference was who's getting the phone call mm. first. So I love that. Especially the fact where you had that realization pretty early in your career. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's where some others can take that in the wrong way, you know? But I actually, that's very encouraging to hear because you're able to see an opportunity, take initiative, and go for it. Right. So I appreciate that. I appreciate it. And then, like once, like you said, you're still learning. I'm still learning. Everybody's still learning. The code book gets updated every three years for a reason. So every, guess what? Every three years, we got to learn again. We got to learn the changes. Yeah. But that's just very encouraging, the fact that you took that move after you had the, basis, the basic requirements. Uh, last podcast we did, we were actually speaking with Rudy and he said the same thing. He was waiting for once he reached his hours. Right, Rudy? Can you confirm yes, that? Exactly. Yeah. He was waiting for, right? He said, I had the application filled out, waiting to, once he hit that minimum mm -hmm. hours required, yeah. he sent it in with the money. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that. And that takes a lot of risk, but that takes a lot of, uh, that, that deserves a lot of encouragement, by the way. So I just want to say how much I appreciate that. So that, you applied, you took the test, failed it twice, passed it on your third time, which me, when I took it, I failed my first exam. And then I actually looked up what is the passing rate. We use the, the testing agency PSI. Yeah, that's what we used to. You got, okay, mm -hmm. so PSI on the East Coast, if not a lot of people know. On the East Coast, for in our area, in Connecticut, uh, Massachusetts, and New Hampshire, the first time fail rate is around 80 to 90% for all contractor exams. So nine, eight out of 10 people who come in there for the first time is gonna have a harder time. What did you do to prepare for that exam? Because you're already <clears throat> new in the field. Yep. I'm pretty sure everyone had help along the way. Yep. What was your formula to getting your license? So the first two times I basically winged it. Because oh. the, the, the <laughs> <Never mind. laughs> well, yeah. well, that's why I failed both times. Understood. So the gotcha. first time, I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know anyone that had taken taken the exam, and so me thinking, oh, I got this all figured out, went yeah. and took the exam, and I actually barely failed it by like three questions. Okay. Yeah. So, so you like, were ballpark oh. range. Yeah. Yeah, I was ballpark. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna sign up again, take it next week, so I may get it next time. <laughs> and the second time, I failed it even worse. I failed it hor horribly. <laughs> So then I realized, okay, I have to be serious about this. I need to find material to study because this isn't working out. Yeah. And I found Electrical Code Coach on YouTube. Mm. And the good thing about him is that he is an instructor in Tennessee. He used to be a contractor. I think he sold his business. But he has all these YouTube videos out uh, at, at no cost. All right. And the, the, the series that I was recommended to listen to, he has a 35-week video series. And the first 10 videos of that series just teaches you how to do basic calculations, how to do low calculations, box fill, pipe fill, 
demand factors, all that kind of stuff. And it, it, he, he is a really good teacher and does well explain it in his videos. And that's what I was failing on on my, on my test because I didn't know how to do any of the calculations. Mm. So when, when I was watching his videos explain, this is where you go, this, this graph, and this is how you do the calculation, oh, that's, that's easy. You know, so I, I understand that in some states you do have to have hours and experience, which in some states I wouldn't be able to do what I was doing now. Mm -hmm. But in Tennessee, they do offer that LLE and basically you're capped at $25,000 a job, residential okay. or commercial. Okay. I love that. I love that. And I want to dig more into Tennessee uh, with their licensing requirements. Mm -hmm. But you had help when it came to studying, which was awesome. The You said... The code coach, electrical code coach, electrical. On, code he's coach. on. He's just on YouTube, I believe. I don't think he's on any other social okay. platform. So that's awesome too uh, to hear. Just in case anybody want to look him up, but also I want to know: Did you have any go-to guy, any mentor, any friend who was physical there to help you if you had any uh, problems? Hey, I'm running into this scenario. You give him a call; he can help you. Yeah, I would say my the the guy I work with. Uh, Tad at Quality Electric TN. Uh, he, he had been in residential before me, and we became friends. He found me on Instagram, and okay. we, we, we were we were lead guys at two separate local companies, and so we became friends, okay. and we both had the same ambitions and goals. And so I learned, like as far as um, practical things in the field, I would call him a lot, and still do if we're separated on jobs, and mm. ask him things. But uh, but yes, yeah, that, that's basically I would say the only person that. I was calling, but we were in the same boat as far as testing. I didn't really have anyone to call as far as um, advice on testing. I love that though, because especially for the ones coming in to the trade, that's very beneficial to know. I feel a lot of the problems that we see nowadays, or I wouldn't say a problem, a lot of the hurdles, a lot of the new ones are facing, especially the next generation or people our age or older, they're afraid to take that next step yeah. because they don't know where to go. And I feel like you are an amazing example where, hey, I there's resources around you yeah. to reach out to. You've did, you for, first, what I'm trying to say, highlight, beginning, you took initiative. Mm -hmm. That alone sets you miles apart from your competitors. Not only do you take initiative, but when you come to a roadblock or an obstacle, like for example, you failed an exam, you failed it again, you paused, recalculated, hey, I need assistance. Mm -hmm. You got code coach. Hey, pause, let me go talk to Tad. Yep. So you were able to problem solve, adjust, and then attack again, and it kept moving you forward. So that's something that's very beneficial, what I want the youth to understand. You don't need to have all the answers. You have to know what the next step is, the next goal. Take initiative, find out what's gonna happen. For example, Rudy and I spoke many times, there's uh, individuals who are afraid of failing their exam, yet they didn't even have applied for the exam yet. Take the next step. The board might say even no, so don't let that hold you back. Mm apply for it, get the letter, and what's the next step? If you wanna prepare for it, cool, prepare for it, take a study uh, practice exam, go to the exam, you fail, readjust, apply again. So you attacked your current situation in Tennessee the best way you could sure. systematically, yep. and that's very, very commendable. Mm -hmm. 
That's awesome. So now you pass the third time, you open up shot. What was that feeling like? Did you, <laughs> because how, you're two years in the, in the field. Right. And now you're an LLE. Uh, yeah, I was actually just shy of three years. So I was coming okay. up on the three year mark of yep. just starting the trade. And uh, to be honest, I, so at the beginning, uh, like I said, me and my, my work partner, Tad, we both passed within basically two weeks of each other time frame. Awesome. So I actually passed mine before before his. And so <laughs> I helped him get his his license. Was that his first time going or did he fail? No, he so I mean we don't Tad, if you're listening, <laughs> we're throwing your business out there, we're sorry. But so he he failed once. All okay. right. And then the day because I had taken my test the first time before he did. Okay. So when I went back uh when let's see, when I passed mine the third time, uh-huh. that was his second time going. Okay. Gotcha. And he failed it the second time too by one question. And in business, yeah. a lot of people say, which fail fast, take opportunities, learn from it, adjust, pivot, go again, fail fast. So that was, yeah. that's one. Yeah. So we went together. It was my third time and his second time I passed it. And then he fell by like a question or two and we were getting some of the same questions over and over again. So that next week, I think he signed up again and he ended up passing it taking it a week later and mm. we were both committed to making sure that he got his license too and that. working through the questions and stuff because <clears throat> like I had questions that he had he didn't know the answer to I'm like this is where it is in the code book <laughs> you know tab it next time yeah. and sure enough he'd get the same the same question but I love that but yeah like when you're talking about taking that initiative that can only come from you like there's only so sure. much a you know your friend or your mentor or an influencer or influencer can do but you have to want something in order to make those kinds of kinds of steps and leaps and be willing to fail yep i love that yeah because like i was i was discouraged after the second time it mm. was a long it was it was several, like i think three months before i went back and took it the third oh, time oh wow yeah I didn't so, know what to do. so guy in your head yeah i didn't know what to do and then i was talking about it on my instagram like i just i think i was because people were uh, uh, there was a guy or two that messaged me and said hey they had their LLEs and they said, check out electrical code coach. I'm telling you, just watch his videos and you'll go in there and you'll do better the next time. And so wow. I was like, okay, looked him up, did what I was told to do and went in there and passed it third time. So if it I wouldn't have been that. for the, the people that follow me, I may still be working somewhere else. <laughs> I appreciate the two things you said. Taking initiative comes from yourself and the opportunity that you had that others told you, hey, take this path, mm -hmm. use this course, it'll help you. For me, when I was growing up in New York City, the licensing requirements very different in New York. Mm -hmm. So for example, in Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, where we're licensed and we're, we have businesses out there, we have state board, uh, statewide licensures. I take one exam, I'm good throughout the entire United States. New York is by county. If you're in New York City, you have to take a test. If you're in mm. Westchester, Putnam, Suffolk, everywhere, anywhere you go in New York, it's a different license. Mm. So it's very difficult. And the licensing requirement was like seven to 11 years. Mm. It was ridiculous. And I've, when I was growing up, I had so many people in my life who said, don't even bother taking the exam. It's too difficult. And I'm gonna be honest, when I was like 20, I believed it. And I remember 
I was having dinner with my parents and they're like, hey, you're gonna go for last. I was like, nah, it's too difficult. And then my dad asked me one simple question that blew my mind. How do you know? And I was like, oh. <laughs> so not only was I repeating what everybody else was saying, I now then went to work the next day and I said, how do you know it's too mm -hmm. difficult? Oh, I was told that. So I already mm -hmm. put a limiting belief on myself based off of someone else's words who didn't even take the exam. So I, are, so I, I agree 100%. Being and taking initiative has to come from yourself. Because when I asked that question, then I was like, let's go find out. And I told you, I failed, and I failed by one question. And that's mm -hmm. without preparing for it. So I was like, you're telling me, winging it, I failed by one, oh no, this is, and then I take it, and then that, then others start seeing, they're like, how, how, how? And then you can, uh, you can only imagine how some right. people may feel, some are proud, some are like, hmm, wow, you know? Wow, okay, so now you have your LLE. Where, where is Instagram in all of this? Were you oh, already yeah, I in? That part. <laughs> no, I, I just I love hearing this because <clears throat> it's it's showing credibility to you before without Instagram. But where when does Instagram come into play and the mm -hmm. timing? How long were you on Instagram before the LLE kicked in to now? Uh, I was on Instagram about a year and a half before I was. It was right in the middle actually of my three years at my previous company. So. It was about a year and a half after I started. Okay. About a year and a half before I left and went on my own. So it was okay. right there, same with right in, right in the middle. And basically what I was doing is I, I had no intent to ever try to do anything with it other than just have fun and post my work because I followed other guys on there that I'm now friends with. I followed other guys and they're posting their work and the goal was never to try to obtain anything grand necessarily. Uh -huh. It's just, okay, it will, if they're posting their work, maybe I can just post my work too and you know, just throw it out there and see what people think. That's fun. Tommy, if, how many podcasts we did now? Six, five, six? This is six. This is number six. Correct me if I'm wrong. Everybody said the same thing. I didn't do this for, to, for fame, right? Oh, exactly. They just won it. Yeah, they just Right, I didn't. I didn't like sit down like, one day and a, have this plan, like of, a business plan, right? <laughs> no, I just started an account, and <laughs> I remember just sitting on the couch. I think me and my wife were watching a movie, and I'd been thinking about starting an electrical page, and I was like, I think I'm just gonna make this electrical page. I'm gonna call it a uh, Tennessee electrician, and I think I think she said something like, "Oh, that's like too long," or whatever. I'm like, "No, oh. but it's like Tennessee, <laughs> like like yeah. you know, that's where we live. That's where we're from," and and uh, and and now. So, whether they're haters or supporters, that's like a like a like a huh. name now in the electrical community is Tennessee. So, I like that. I like that. It's funny. But, yeah, everybody who comes in said they never did it for the fame. So you let your work speak for yourself. Sure. Alrighty, and now, so you're a year and a half in the mm -hmm. trade. You begin your trade. There's no hiding it. You blew up at some point because yeah. you're 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 at a hundred well, fifty six now. For in a year and a half now from when yeah. you started. Yeah. And now you're an LLE. How's the transition like from employee to owner operator? I know we talk personally, just you wanna talk about your mindset, like what's the relationship that you have now with work? Just work in general? Work in general, yeah. 
Yeah, so also in relation with the Instagram page, because I, I, I had created that page when I was still an employee, and I would post my work. Um, like, I, I was, I, I had this phase where I, where, where I was really into making funny skits yeah. and stuff yeah. with some of my friends, and I would, you know, work, you know, my, my hours and record during lunch break or just stay after at the job site and record because <laughs> uh, I had nothing else to do. I just, I stayed like an hour afterwards and did my shots and then went home and then edited it that night. <laughs> uh, so now being basically, I'm, I'm, I'm running my business. I, I am solo, but I'm, I'm doing everything. I'm, I'm quoting, I'm invoicing, which I mean, invoicing for me doesn't take a long time, but I mean, I'm dealing with customers, trying to maintain relationships with people. I'm going to pick up the material a lot of times. This is, and doing the actual manual, the, the manual labor work. Yeah. So now I'm doing all that now. And when I was an employee, I had nothing to worry about for the most part. I would just go home and do my Instagram mm -hmm. stuff. And, and now I'm finding like, it, it is so hard to especially be working all day. And then there's usually some things I have to do that night. And if I don't have anything to do that night, sometimes I'm getting home late and I try to spend time with my girls if they're still awake, uh, with my wife after they go to sleep. So, um, I, I, I guess what you're at, like what you're asking the relationship is that like, there's just, there's just so much time that is invested into this, but it's, it's for the good of me and my family. I love that. And what's funny, and I wanted to bring it back was when you first started the trade and you said, the experience I had with hand tools was like a hammer yep. to being a tool rep. That's pretty interesting, you yeah. know? So it's just funny how like, and once again, it's highlighting like, this is a whole nother side of the trades, not yeah. different opportunities it gave mm -hmm. you. So not understanding or coming into a wasp nest when you walk into a first job site, like how are we gonna figure this out to then getting your license? Sure. Not knowing how to use tools to becoming mechanically inclined and now endorsing tools. Right not knowing what you're gonna do after college, moving into a new town, now I know what I wanna to do to support my family. You can see mm. all the different opportunities that you gained just mm. by jumping in and yep. sticking with a skilled trade. Yep. So that's such a highlight that I want the youth to understand the next generation coming in. You don't have to have all the answers. You just have to stay consistent, work on your goals, and just keep taking initiative. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate you, brother, for that. So how is it like now? Now that you're owner-operator, you've been in business, what, four or five months? Did Something you? like that, yeah. So four or five months, yeah. and what, what are some things that you're realizing, besides what you just mentioned about the mindset and you know work itself, what are some things that you're recognizing that have value to you now or uh, that mean more to you now than it did before? And also on top of that, what's something you can leave for the next generation who are coming in thinking about taking a trade or thinking about opening up shop? Yeah, so I would say since going on my own, my time for me is more valuable than it ever has been. Um, like I said before, I used to just go home and not have really any responsibilities as far as work goes. Mm -hmm. um, had way more time to do stuff like with my channel. And now uh, the, 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 this 
not and i don't mean to sound like like running a business is just because so, sometimes I'm, I'm so critical of myself and make mm. it sound like it like it's way worse than what it actually is but it's just hard work um it has mm. you have to be the right person it's not for everybody not everybody's meant to open up shop and that's fine it is okay to be a really good employee for yeah. a company that's and you can make you can make good money you can yeah. be comfortable yeah not have to stress about exactly. anything yeah yeah I agree. and so you know if if something ever happened with my company and that's that's what the next the next thing was that's totally okay you know right. i i always um so it's when you're when you're asking to leave something for the next generation you know if you're younger or it doesn't matter if you're i get adults grown men asking me that about making the leap to you know business owner operator and my thing is is if, if you feel like uh you can do something like that or at least try try it life's too short to not try like I, I respect anyone that at least tries mm. to go out on their own. Like they've made good, calculated, um, I don't know what you call it, like they risks. Yep. You know, you calculate the risk and you go out and try it. And whether it succeeds or fails, uh, you know, at least you try it. I don't know if that's. Yep. If that's good advice or no, not, no, but, that, yep. but I, I knew I knew that I had nothing to lose. Really, I had it. I had it, all the resources and tools I needed to give it a shot. And this whole thing could crumble in two weeks. I never, <laughs> yeah, I never get, you know, I, I'll say this, running a business, it can humble you real quick. Cause yep. you know, you go through, you know, prosperous times and, and high times where financially you may, it may be looking good in the bank, right? Yep. And then two weeks from now, it's like, oh crap. Like, yep. uh, you know, <laughs> I hope some, someone calls me now. No, that's actually, that's true. There's actually an article in Forbes. Don't quote me on it. Uh, but the article went as a business owner. <clears throat> the feeling you get with the highs and lows of business mm -hmm. is 10 times more potent than the high of uh, heroin or crack cocaine. <laughs> wow. Because there's moments where it's bad, 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 yeah. bad. You get hit. Whoo, the high. Yeah. Then the crash, boom, boom, boom. So don't quote me on this, but that's an article in the Forbes. But what I appreciate about you is the fact that you take those steps, that you took the initiative, even without having the answers or what's next to come or what's the outcome, yeah. you took it. And I feel like we go back to that question from the beginning. Why does everybody hate you? <laughs> now we want to, we don't want to hurt nobody. Does someone else need to answer that question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're not calling anybody out. But taking initiative, being a trailblazer, could ruffle some feathers. But it's something honestly very encouraging to see when other people do it. When someone doesn't have the answers, the steps, but they say, I'm gonna wake up and do it anyway, that should be highlighted more of mm -hmm. instead of bringing down, in my own opinion. Yeah. How do you feel or what goes on in your mind being on the other end of that, receiving it now. Sure. And what do you recommend for the next generation who are afraid of, hey, if I do this, I might get that same backlash? Yeah. Um, so to, you, you ask a question, why do people hate me? And I mean, I have my theories, but you know, I could be wrong. Um, so for one, just starting out, I post videos, sometimes they're good, sometimes there's code violations, sometimes I'm drilling holes way too close to a joist, you know? <laughs> but um, I'm new, I didn't, I'm just 
you know, doing things to the best of my knowledge and it's fine. Like we're here to, to help each other and learn. Mm. It's fine to give constructive criticism, Oof. right? Yep. Constructive criticism is not commenting, bashing the person. So I see that get conflated together. Yes. Going after someone's character or they're just totally trashing their work is not constructive criticism. In my opinion, cr constructive criticism is at least treating, treating the person with respect, even if it isn't a comment for everyone to see, that's fine. Yeah. But I found like, I've learned more from guys who, whether it's in a comment or DM, it's like, hey, I really like, like what you do. I like you know, what you're putting out there on your work. I wanted to give one suggestion though. I noticed this in your video and like that is totally 100% fine. Constructive criticism and tactfulness is one of the most key fundamentals of true leadership. Anybody can bash. I know the tongue could be a sword, tongue could sure. be used to uplift. That's a very powerful weapon. Tactfulness and constructive criticism is fundamental keys to leadership. The way you motivate others, encourage others, shows and highlights highly what type of caliber a person you are. And I really appreciate that because there's a lot of people who do look up to you, like we all know. They may look at you and say, hey, that's a code violation. But others are also looking at you and saying, hey, I just appreciate you doing that because I can learn from that. Sure. And by no means, it's not like you're also coming off saying, hey, I'm <laughs> wiring up the best panel. I'm doing the best install. There's no, you're not bragging about it. You're literally showing your own work and letting the world judge you. I don't have that confidence. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I just, that's, that's, an, I, that's a very, very, very encouraging thing that you're sharing with others. So I appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, I think that's very, I don't want to overstress it, but I think we can see a lot more of that, especially in the in our community, especially sure. as construction workers. There's many ways of going about bringing constructive criticism. And yeah. it's hard to do. Like I even struggle giving giving constructive criticism. Like if I, for example, have guys come to a job, and because I don't have employees, I just sub our friends sometimes mm -hmm. so they're not there with me every single day like we may do a job and then I go back weeks later and if I find mistakes especially if it's more than one like it's hard to it for me I struggle with making sure that okay I want to let everyone know that these are the mistakes that were made but mm -hmm. I also don't want to make them upset and or belittle them and so I always try to make sure that I at least start with hey like this entire job overall was great. The customer was satisfied. Um, start with that or end with that. Mm -hmm. And then in the middle, talk about, hey, just the, I just want to let y'all know these were the mistakes that were made. Because to, to an employee standpoint, if you never tell them, you know, to some level, they're not really at fault if you never, wow. if you, if you never tell them that they messed up on something because they're just going to keep doing it over and over again. Correct. So there's, a right, there's obviously a right way of going about it and yep. communicating that. With your story, learning from your mistakes seems to be a pattern. When I speak with a lot of you very influential people, I love to ask questions and see patterns. Mm -hmm. 
everybody has a pattern <clears throat> for yours is failing, mm -hmm. learning by failing, learning from your mistakes. You came into the trade, you didn't know what to expect, you tried it though. You didn't like it, you kept trying it until you yeah. liked it. You took your exam, failed, didn't know what to do next, you studied, boom. That's a pattern mm -hmm. through you. And it's not as a bad thing, it's not to knock. You're, even though you have doubts, you're still taking that initiative. Mm -hmm. So I like to see that pattern with you. So that's, that's very encouraging. And I'm very excited to see everything else that comes up. What's something you encourage the next generation? We have 56,000 people who are following you. They clearly are very appreciative of everything you're doing or they wouldn't be sticking around. Right. So for the youth coming in, for the ones who have been in the trade who maybe are afraid of taking that next step, what is something that you suggest for them as a message? Uh, if it's someone that's wanting to get into entrepreneurship, try and find some, someone who uh, has done that or is doing that. With the Instagram thing, I find too many young people focused on the Instagram followers and the hype and all that kind of stuff. Like I said earlier, I never had a plan of like, hey, I'm going to start this and this is where I want to be, you know, two or three years from now. Wow. It just kind of happened to me. And I'm sure it's happened to you and basically everybody else. <laughs> right? I think if you focus on growing the page so big, you don't accomplish it. But mm. like me and you, we've never focused on the numbers. We just focused on just posting the stuff that yeah. we do and then the numbers are high. Right. It's a byproduct. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I have no formula. I'm just posting like, you know what I mean? Yep. I love that. Yeah, so I find sometimes younger people are really into that and that's just kind of their culture and what it's they're all, growing up in. It's just about the followers and the views it's and the like they see Once again, it's like they see the end result and I want the end result instead of, hey, this is what you need to do to right. get to the end result. Right. And I'm here to tell y'all right now that <laughs> free tools are nice, right? I think one time you said it's like going into a candy store, right? And just like, you know, there's, there's, it's awesome, right? Some, and I, I'm not just getting free stuff out the wazoo, by the way, that's, I'm, that's not the case. But sometimes companies will send me free, free tools to review and just to see if I like it. And that's cool, but that's only temporary and it's that's there's so much more to the trades than getting a free tool. The free tool, the the tools, are materialistic, and they're gonna perish. You're gonna blow up your clients' limons at some point, <laughs> and you're gonna have to get a new pair. I've lost stuff that company has like lost hand tools that company has sent me in the attic, and I was so mad. Like I lost my Knipex forge wire strippers that I got, and I asked for another pair. Actually, I I requested to buy another pair, and they just went ahead and sent, sent it to me. I'm like, you don't have to do that, but I, I appreciate you, and I made a little video about them because I really like the tool. But the point is, is that like, like the whole like influencer content creator hype and stuff. Like it, it's, I don't think it's really all as what people make it out to be because it's going to pass away like you want to still be relevant if there was no internet signal mm -hmm. basically and i can play devil i'm going to speak from devil's advocate people can easily say oh that's nice that's true when you have fifty-six thousand followers it's like so right. with devil's advocate i appreciate that but i also wanted to know i just had the question off the top of my head man you were just talking about tools not being everything the end result. What I appreciate about you specifically, Cameron, is you're, in my head, when I see Cameron, I see literally when you play Uno and you have that wild card, mm -hmm. you're that wild card. Cause I'm you're, the wild card. <laughs> you're, you're the wild card because in, in a good way, because you're in that, 
moment where you have many opportunities in front of you, which is beautiful, mm -hmm. very commendable. And you have the following place to back it and you're at a, at a fork in the road and you can highlight any part of the journey. Mm -hmm. And what's very encouraging, like we spoke with many other influencers at a time, we did one with Rudy, we done with, with Will, the electrician, we talked with Anthony. We all started our pages as who we are today. Mm -hmm. You are in a very special, unique position because you're going from employee to contractor and that has never been highlighted before. And it's very encouraging also that you already have a following base following you go through that change. Yep. So not only do I wanna say congratulations, but also that's a very important, unique, and I, me as a business owner, I wanna hold you to a high regard because that's a high responsibility you have to people out there. Showing the good, bad, ugly when it comes to business. But by your work ethic, by that pattern I mentioned before, the trial and error, learning from your mistakes, and keep moving forward, without a doubt you're gonna do an amazing job. Mm. But I just wanna stress on like, that's so important because there's so many coming into the trades wanting, like we said, the end result. They want the glamour, they want the followers, they want the tools that come from it without any of the work it, that you need to lay as a right. foundation. Right. So I just wanna keep encouraging you to do what you're doing, brother, because you're, the sky's the limit with you. So I, I'm just very proud, proud to get to sit here next to you, get to know your story. Once again, the, the skill trades have given us such an opportunity that before was never done before. Mm -hmm. No one's doing this just to get to know someone's story and that's how valuable you are to us. I appreciate so I just it. wanna say appreciate you. How can everyone find you online? So I have, of course, my Instagram. That's the platform I'm most active on. I also have a TikTok that okay. I just basically post the same videos from Instagram to TikTok. And then I have a YouTube channel. I post all of my reels as shorts on there, but I also have a new channel that I'm starting. Uh, it's, it's, well, it's on my YouTube, Tennessee Electrician. So that's what all of my channels are called. Okay. But now I've, I've done two discussion slash interviews with, well, one was with you, that's mm -hmm. uploaded on YouTube, and then have another one coming out with uh, Diamond Electrical Solutions. I'll, I may get that out next week or so, but we mm -hmm. had a good discussion, a contractor from New York. Yep. Uh, so I plan on doing discussion slash interviews once a week, and those videos will be uploaded to Tennessee Electrician, but I also created a, a separate Instagram channel called blue collar chats that's the name Ooh. of the okay show i i've been calling it a podcast but i haven't uploaded it as a podcast yet i just mm. gotta take the audio basically and just upload it but yeah that's yeah, where you, once that, again that's, once again yeah. you, you just said trial and error you're yeah. learning as you go yeah. it so, doesn't stop i love that <laughs> the, the, yeah those are the those are the channels that you can find me on and uh, if anyone has any questions or wants to talk uh, i'd recommend just hit me up on instagram that's where i'm most active in my messages appreciate so. you brother thank you everybody